0: If you're like me, you like to read books, but you're too busy with everything else that life throws at you. Audible.com is a great solution because they read them to you. Yes, that's right. With Audible, you can listen to books while you're doing other things. This is multitasking at its finest, people. Go out to audibletrial.com slash humanfactorscast to get a free trial. And support your favorite podcast for new customers. They'll give you two new books to start out with. And after that, you get one audiobook a month for only 15 bucks. That's less than you would have spent for a full copy of an audiobook normally. Here's the best part you get a 30% discount on additional audiobook purchases. And you can cancel your subscription at any time, but those books are yours to keep. Go to audibletrial.com slash humanfactorscast to start your free trial. That's audibletrial.com slash humanfactorscast and let them know that Nick sent you. Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for all things human factors, psychology, and design. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Human Factors Cast. I'm your host, Nick Rome. Billy Hall is not here today. He had something come up. So it's just me holding down the fort, but I couldn't do it alone. With me today, I have Mr. Blake Arnsdorf.
1: Oh, so good to be here, Nick. How's your Monday been?
0: Oh, it's a Monday. It's a Monday. Yep. How, how was your Thanksgiving?
1: Well, it's kind of a bummer. So I was supposed to travel out of town, but I ended up getting pretty sick the night before and it oh no. didn't go anywhere. Well, So I- it was kind of restful, <laughs> which was super nice, but I missed hanging out with family and all that kind of good stuff. How about yeah, you? Well,
0: I mean, I hope at least that means that you didn't have to talk politics at the table.
1: Oh, I didn't talk politics at any table.
0: <laughs> there you go. Did you keep, did you keep a journal of how thankful you were that you didn't have to talk politics? I <laughs> certainly
1: did. I wrote it <laughs> ten times.
0: There you go. Uh, my Thanksgiving was good. Uh, I went out to Arizona uh, and spent the uh, weekend, I guess, with uh, my girlfriend's uh, family. Sweet. Yeah. No, it was it was fine. It was just a. I mean, politics b- were brought up a couple times. Um, but you managed. I managed. I managed. I'm here. I'm here. We're good. Uh, did you keep a journal? I did not keep a journal. <laughs> Bummer. Hey, out of the two things, you did one of them, which was kept a journal. Out of the two things, I did one of them, which was talk politics. So there you go. Yeah, we make <laughs> we're two are in a pod. We're even. Now, uh, did you go out and do any like, this is a kind of a tech podcast, right, As long, uh, alongside psychology and human factors. Did you go out and do any Black Friday shopping?
1: I didn't go out and do it, because like we talked last time, a little bit of a shut-in when it comes to that, but I did- Hit up Amazon pretty hard. Oh yeah, yeah Would, I got myself like a new Rebel camera.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty stoked on that.
0: Maybe, yeah. Well, so we're planning on doing a review show with, uh, you know, after the holidays, where we kind of evaluate all the pieces of tech that we have gathered over the last couple months. Maybe you should do uh, sort of a review review on that. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. I think I think that's that's good. No, I um, I did some Black Friday shopping as well. Uh, and I got some uh, awesome stuff for my parents, and but they they listen to the podcast, so I I can't say what.
1: Oh, that's awesome! You're a dope son.
0: Uh, and I I got them some pretty cool stuff. Uh oh, some pretty cool stuff. Like I'm very excited to nice. to to. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe we'll talk about that uh, after the holidays are over
1: as well. Oh, we should for sure.
0: Yeah. The um, do you see this? The hot item was the 4K TV.
1: Yeah, I was hoping that like one of you guys, like you or Billy, copped off 4K TV. No, I thought about it because they were not that expensive. No, they, they yeah, they were really get reasonably. Get like a 40 priced. inch for like less than 300 bucks or something like
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Um, last year I, I I told this story a couple times on the show, but last year we got we got a new TV and it was just too soon for us to, you know, return to, you know, like. Are we going to put this fifty-inch TV in our bedroom? Like, what? hang it on the ceiling, <laughs> right? My man. There you go. Well, then I'd be afraid of it, like falling. Oh right? yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So, um, Blake, you're going to take Billy's role today and help us move along. I'm so, gonna try my best. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. No one can ever replace Billy, but hopefully, you know, you'll at least hold down the fort with us today, um, and and you know, you'll still provide uh, that human factors perspective as well. So, what are we talking
1: about today? So, it seems like you're going to be Billy now, but we're talking about theme parks and human factors. Oh, well, that was Billy. Ah, Ha Bert. Okay, well,
0: so, we're off to a great start. Yes, uh, theme park, human factors. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: all right, Nick. So, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. When was, when was the last time you went to a theme park and which one was it?
0: Oh, man. So, I, so over, uh, I guess it would have been last month. I, it's still November. Yes. So, last month. November. Yes, last month, <laughs> I went to uh, several theme parks in the span of two days, which is what sort of spawned the idea for this episode. Um, and and uh, we went and did all of the,
1: uh, the, uh, the scary stuff. Oh right. yeah because this was kind of in concert with like the Halloween season. Yeah, and all that. yeah, yeah. Uh and I mean
0: like a huge disclaimer for any of our listeners. We are based in Southern California and so a lot of our analysis and examples are going to be limited to the region just because of, you know, it's what we've been exposed to and we haven't been outside really. I mean we may have been somewhere else sometime but uh it's going to be predominantly the examples, like, like Disneyland or, or Six Flags Magic Mountain or, you know, those kind of things.
1: Yeah, but for sure, if you've got, like, different parts of the world or even parts of the country that you've been to parks, like, let us know. We yeah, to look yeah, into yeah.
0: It. We would love to hear your stories. We actually got a couple really great stories uh, from you guys. And just so you guys know, yes, we are receiving your feedback, and we will get to those episode ideas. I know there's... There's a couple people out there who have sent us their episode ideas and they've sent us back saying, Hey, where are those You said they were gonna have They're happen. coming. They are coming. They are coming. We have a lot of interesting, really cool stuff on the horizon, uh, for Human Factors cast. So, you know, we'll take our time, we'll get there. I promise they'll be covered. Um
1: so we were talking about what theme parks you've been to. Yeah,
0: what what about you Blake? What what was your
1: So like I I've, I grew up like going to Disney World in Florida cuz I grew up in the South. And so when I went to came out here, uh, me and my girlfriend had gone to Disneyland a few times. Okay. And like part of the next question is, what was your favorite experience? And we, we get a little bit more into that as the episode goes on, but I went around Halloween time like you did. okay. And, you know, Disneyland is so sick at Halloween time. There's just mad decorations everywhere. They've got, like, jack lantern pumpkins carved as different characters and yeah. all that kind of cool stuff.
0: Yeah, I actually went to Disneyland, was one of the few that I did go to during um, the sort of, uh, the, the Halloween season, although I didn't, it was, it was weird because we were only there during the day. Uh, we have a friend that signed us in. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we were only there for a couple hours, um, just kind of hanging out until one of the other theme parks, not scary farm, uh, appropriately themed for the Halloween season opened up. Um, but, but what was your favorite experience when you went to Disneyland?
1: Uh, so it had to be just the Halloween decorations, man. Like it, it, I had been there before, like when I first came to California and it was like, all right, it's kind of like Disney World because that's what I was originally right. used to. But then going you know, like Halloween time and how they deck out the Haunted Mansion, they change it up a little bit.
0: It's a whole new ball game when you see, you know, that they have <clears throat> they've decked out the entire park into something different. I mean, like the amount of detail it goes into those kind of things, right?
1: Yeah. And I've totally got a bias towards it. Cause I love like fall and I like Halloween oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so my favorite experience, uh, has, I mean, it's not hard to guess star tours. Duh. I, I love oh tours. yeah. 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 Any, anytime you can put me into my favorite franchise, which I guess no, uh, I'm not going to say anything. We're not ready to announce just quite yet, but we do have some exciting star Wars news, uh, coming up. So stay tuned for that. I was going to mention that later. Speaky. I think that's geeky. I know that's a little, that's a little tease. We do have some star Wars news coming up, uh, in the next couple weeks. So, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, anytime I can be sort of, uh, immersed in my favorite, uh, IP intellectual property, it's, uh, it's weird cause we don't have Billy here. So <laughs> he, <laughs> he can't, he can't be the voice of the every man and be like, what's that? Uh, no. So intellectual property, I, I anytime I can be, into my favorite world like that's cool to me and with Star Wars land on the horizon oh man
1: (laughs) oh yeah so I mean it's always super epic when they just bring you in for the full experience right Uh, so let's let's back up a little bit and talk about the beginning experience when you go to a park right so this is like they once you even get there they're building the anticipation in you
0: right yeah so so from the second you start parking even before you start parking like you are seeing everything right like you go to downtown anaheim and things are mickey and friends themed like you see disney anaheim is the city of disney yeah right? it's, like, it's like
1: you're not even in the park yet and you can just right. feel it and see it from outside right or, so cool. or
0: or you know other other places uh, like uh roller any place with a roller coaster might have billboards up like hey come visit us you can see the roller coasters from far away you're already getting excited it's building this anticipation right you're seeing you know and then you get into the parking lot and, you know, we talked about the same sort of principle with the Black Friday sales, right? Like you build that anticipation to get them ready.
1: Yeah, you're you're making people wait. You're having them kind of stand around for a while. But, you know, the craziest thing to me, and actually somebody else pointed this out to me while I was at like Disneyland or previously is their ability to c- control crowds yeah. Like, for, because, uh, I mean, we talk a little, you talk a little bit in the notes about parking lots, and they even like funnel you in from as soon as you get there.
0: Yeah. And, and the interesting with par- thing with parking lots, and, and I, uh, I, I mean, I'm not surprised, but just, th- I guess I didn't really think about it until we did the research for this episode, right? Like, some of the things they do is they design the parking lots to make it the least amount of distance that you have to walk to get to the park, right? So, no matter what level you're on it's just an escalator no matter um you know where you park there's a tram somewhere nearby that you just walk to so they're making it easy for you to get into the park that easy entry you know once you're there you're there right it's it was one of those things that i was like wow i didn't even think about that until you know i read about it
1: yeah i never would have guessed that but it makes sense cuz it's like you you want people to save it, all that energy they have for when they're actually in the park stuff like that right
0: right right you know and yeah, so it all comes back to those marginal differences that you can, you can just get to it no matter where you park. That's that that was cool to me, and you know, it's taking that stress out of parking, like you said. You know, it it helps them save that energy for inside the park. You know, it keeps them at ease, doesn't start them off on the wrong foot, and that's you know, first impressions are like a huge thing, right?
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. So, one one other thing that kind of, like, brings you in is just, like, the customer experience, even when you're buying tickets.
0: Yeah, so even further, before you, like, even come to the park, I guess, well, I guess it depends on who you are, right? So, um, so if you're like me, and I, I would guess you, too, you probably buy your tickets online.
1: Oh, yeah, because it's always just, like, there's deals going on. Because I'm sucked into, like, their email campaign, so I, I get, like things from Disney or things they gotcha. from Six Flags. Yeah, no, it <laughs> totally works. It's like an e-commerce just hack or whatever.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, so a lot of theme parks will do this thing where they offer you discounts, like, you know, even if it's like 10 bucks for buying online ahead of time for a specific day. This does a couple things for them. So this, one, informs them of how many people are we going to get at the park on this day? You know, how, how do we staff this? Which is also really important, you know, because you, you want a certain percentage of staff to park guests, right And that's that's cool. but they also it's, it's from the user perspective, they they want it to be easy as easy as possible. You don't want to get there. you don't want to have they don't want you to have to wait in line because lines suck, right And we'll talk about lines later when it comes to the rides. but they don't want you to have to sort of sit there and wait in line to get your ticket it's all about that first impression you want to get there you want to hand them your ticket and you want to get in
1: yeah i mean you don't want to just start it off really bad or anything like that and it makes sense like uh, it's awesome that they thought far enough ahead to like have all purchase online and then they can take a guess at what they need staff wise right so, i thought it was smart cool guys.
0: yeah and i you know they have full teams devoted to how easy it is to buy tickets on your website i mean you know it it just comes down to like buy a ticket one button like i'm in
1: good to go so we, when you go to a theme park, you kind of go there for a certain atmosphere. So Nick, what it, what is a, what are the characteristics of a good theme park atmosphere?
0: So, uh, well, for me, and and you might disagree, but for me, it's it's sort of keeping that magic. Or uh, I mean, and it's hard to not think about Disneyland with it because it's a prime example, right? And I think this was one of Walt's uh, sort of prime directives, if you will, when he was creating the park, is he wanted you to have this sense of escapism he wanted you to come to the park and not think about anything that's outside of the park right so so hiding the outside world
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Cause even if you like, okay, so Disneyland's kind of my only point of reference, right? Cause I haven't been to a lot of the other parks in California. We, we got to get you.
0: Man. I know we got to fix that for sure. Oh, uh, We got to fix that.
1: But I mean, all the bright colors, I mean, that's already trying to build a sense of like hitting your pleasure systems in your brain. You're coming in, you're seeing like fictional characters that you either grew up with or you've seen right. before. So it's really just getting this like euphoric experience already.
0: Right. It, it's invoking nostalgia in some cases like, Oh yeah, I remember that. That's, that's my childhood or you know whatever it may be it it is literally just sucking everything out of you oh, yeah. in the best way possible um but yeah that that sort of um i i want to talk about this this little this uh enclosure sort of uh concept a little bit more too so so you know it's easy when you're in the park to not see the outside world right you're you're transported to another place i will say though that there are some theme parks that have um, sort of in, an inherent uh,
1: disadvantage when it comes to this. So what do you mean? You're talking kind of like the immersion in the park?
0: Yeah. So so think about parks with roller coasters. Mm-hmm. What happens when you go up that first hill?
1: Me personally? Well, no. I'll just start freaking out because those well, roller coasters are huge.
0: There's that. But <laughs> what do you see?
1: Just the uh, roller coaster frames
0: themselves. Well, if you look out to the sides, you see the parking lot. You see the McDonalds down the street. You see things that you you know, that are not part of the theme park. And that's they that's
1: really interesting. I've never thought of it that way. And
0: they don't control that, right? They can't. They can't yeah. control who buys property near them. I mean they can to some degree if you're Disney. But I mean, think about that. So so, you know, if you're in Disneyland and think about the design of the rides in in certain like it's hard to not come back to Disney, but like think about Disney rides. Not one of them shows you the outside world. The closest thing is maybe the Ferris wheel in uh in the California adventure right you might yeah. or maybe tower of terror if you might be able to but even tower of terror looks over like downtown disney so it's it's kind of
1: yeah and you're only like seeing a horizon you're not being influenced by something outside like you mentioned mcdonald's or whatever is going on on right, the outside right right so
0: so that's that's i thought that was really interesting um just in terms of like a, and i mean it, maybe it's less important with with uh theme parks that have roller coasters cuz the second you go down that hill you're not focused on what's on the no. outside you're just focused on what's coming next
1: I'm focused. Am I gonna make it to the end?
0: <laughs> Speaking of what's coming next. What's coming next?
1: (laughs) All right, so let's talk about rides. So, Nick, what's your favorite ride at any of the parks you've been to? Oh, I already
0: talked about it, but Star Tours. Star Tours, um, just because favorite IP again, and, I mean, you know, I get to go on an adventure with C-3PO, and I love that they change it up every time. It's almost like they personalized it, but not really. It's randomized, so you have to come back and ride it multiple times. I still haven't done Jakku, but I've done everything else. It was really fun. Okay, so I'm going to go, like, on a little rant here. but uh, Let's do it. Um, so it had been a long time since I had gone to Disneyland. And when I first met my partner, we went to Disneyland and you know, we, we bonded over star Wars. It was kind of our thing. And then, so we, we went there and, uh, we decided we were going to ride star tours until we've experienced not necessarily all the permutations because that's like 54, but all the scenes available, right? So there's like three scenes that you start out with. Then there's or there's two scenes that you start out with, then there's three scenes that follow that, and then there's two scenes that follow that, and then there's three scenes that follow that.
1: I love that you know the sequence of the scenes you can yes. possibly see. So,
0: so there, the minimum amount of rides that you have to do is three, right? Because if you do A, 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 and then A, B, 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 and then B, C, B, C... If you're thinking about options,
1: <laughs> yeah, you're hitting all the presentations. <laughs> that make, yeah, you are, makes you sense. are hitting
0: all of them. And we did it. We did it in three tries. We did it in three tries? Three tries. What? The bare minimum. It was so serendipitous. It was, it was awesome.
1: That's pretty epic. So
0: forever, that will be etched in my mind. And then and since they added this new one for The Force Awakens, like every time I've gone back, I haven't been able to get it. It's so frustrating. Oh, I didn't even know they added a new yeah, one for that. They, yeah, they added a new one, and they'll add a new one for episode eight, and they'll keep adding them. That's It's pretty that's cool. Perfect. Uh, What about you? What's your favorite
1: ride? Uh, So this is like back to tying to Halloween. So my favorite one is Haunted Mansion, especially at that time of year. And I think the part that I like the most is like, of course, it's based around Halloween stuff, ghosts and all that kind of silliness. But I really like that the technology still kind of stands up today. Like even the holographics they use and like the different floating mechanisms for headless stuff. Oh, yeah. It's just perfect.
0: It's yeah, that Disney magic is something it's something something else
1: like those imagineers even back when that was first built it's just some epic stuff you have
0: to like especially with technology now you had to put yourself in in you know that time and just go wow that would blow your mind if you saw that
1: well the funny thing is is we knew less about the human mind back then but we were able to trick it still to such a large degree so that's definitely my favorite ride and favorite experience
0: oh yeah tricking the human mind is great all right it's it's what we're all about
1: yeah so so of course we're gonna come back to lines because this is just an insane kind of psychology thing. oh yeah so let's talk about a crazy experience you've had like if it was black friday or a new console release or any even at a ride at a park
0: so uh my well uh, this is just gonna be a star wars podcast now uh my longest line and the uh yeah i know right um My longest line and my favorite line to wait in was the panel for The Force Awakens at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. So we got in line around 12 o'clock at night, uh, so midnight, and we waited there until like 9 a.m. But when we got to sit down, we were 50 feet away from J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, um, Peter Mayhew, Daisy Ridley, John Biega, Oscar Isaac, like the entire cast of The Force Awakens minus Harrison Ford was up there bummer well he was he got injured yeah. otherwise he would have been up there too but it was just and then the energy in that room was just phenomenal it was worth the wait what about you what's your what what's like your longest line or favorite line or whatever like line that you've been in
1: so my favorite one and i'll never forget this uh what, it was a, of course disneyland sorry guys again uh but it was for like the indiana jones ride or okay. something like that and we were i was with my girlfriend and her best friend and his wife And it was just a obscene line. Like, there was a bunch of people. Everybody in the line just looked so mad, so pissed. Just, it was hot outside, but we are just sitting there laughing, having a good time because we were playing, like, it's a game on your phone. It's got, like, heads up. Oh,
0: Uh, is that the one where you, like, guess what's on the forehead? Yeah, what's on your forehead. That's what it's called. Dude, we
1: must have played that for at least two hours straight, and (laughs) it was the best line experience I think I'd ever had. Now... Why are we
0: talking about lines? So we're talking about lines because you have to wait in line, like you said, for rides, right?
1: Yeah, so we're, we we want to know what makes a good line. Right, and I mean,
0: you know, it sucks because theme parks can't accommodate all 25,000 park guests at once, right? So you have to at least put them in some sort of line to mitigate this. I, I mean, you know, they, they they have some sort of tools in their toolbox so so you asked what makes a good line right and there's a lot of research on lines in particular um the individual queue lines, so this is what you would find like at a, at a shopping uh at, a, at any retail store like you you go to the store and you see oh there's like less people on line seven i'm gonna go strategically go over to line seven and i get this rush of beating out you know everybody else that was on eight through twelve You know, because it took me less time. I waited less time, and I got in and out faster than you guys did. So there's this rush. But you can't necessarily do that in a theme park, oftentimes because it's one coaster or, um, you know, one unit that everybody has to file
1: into. Or even the fact that there's just a sheer volume of people.
0: Yeah, like you wouldn't even be able to discern which line is quicker in that instance, right? So there's this combined queue line uh, which which you some retailers actually use this too, where everybody stands in the same line and then the next available thing you go to, right? So I think like T J Maxx has this or um, Home Goods or something where you go in and you all stand in the same line and then or or Fry's Electronics has this too where you 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 know, the next next just available like, one. They you have like just multiple call you down. possibilities, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And it, it it goes faster, but you all have to wait the same amount of time.
1: Yeah, so I mean that creates that sense of equality, right? Like you think right. you're all waiting the same amount of time,
0: right? And and so you know there's then there's also this cool thing that theme parks do. Uh, it's known as fast pass or quick pass, or you know it's known as different things across different parks. But um, this is one way that I thought was really interesting design wise how they mitigate these lines, right? So basically, what they do is they employ this fast pass system that allows users to skip the line or stand in some sort of truncated line, right? Um, that basically they use their ticket to return to it later. And the reason that this is fair is because they only give you a certain allowance, right? Like you get one fast pass per hour.
1: Yeah, that's right. You only get them every certain amount of time.
0: And so people aren't super upset because you know it's not like everybody can use them on every ride. It's like you have to pick and choose which rides you want to use this on and so everybody kind of has that mutual sort of understanding like, oh, I understand these people use their tickets to get ahead of me on this ride. That's fine. Right. And they often hide it from the other folks, too. Right. Like you'll have them around the corner and then the fast pass line is off to the side. And come then, out of nowhere. Come on. Come on. Get in. Right. And then so so they hide it. So, I mean, you don't get that rush. Right. Um, in the regular line. But you do get that rush when you use the fast pass because you look at that line and you go, ha, I don't have to wait in that.
1: That's very true, yeah. And right? there's like even kind of a, a science or a way to hack it throughout the day. So you just like, if you know there's something you really want to go on, but it'll be crowded. Right, crowded yeah. Pass, pass, go hit a bunch of yeah. rides, come back in a couple it's, hours. It's
0: almost come back to that gamification thing, right? Like you can gamify this by saying, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick strategically this ride because I know it'll be a pain
1: to get on later. Just giving people that rush.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about rides. Uh, what's coming up next year?
1: So what what makes a ride thrilling to you? Um,
0: so we talked a little bit about this in a
1: couple episodes uh,
0: this is this is a callback to our PlayStation VR episode when we talked about um, what was it Until Dawn Rush of Blood and then we also talked about this in our Psychology of Fear episode uh, but yeah adrenaline, fear and excitement are three sort of pillars for me that makes a roller coaster exciting or, or just a ride exciting what about you
1: so it's kind of interesting. So I'm not the biggest roller coaster fan or any of that kind of stuff. But I was reading something earlier about how, like that that almost near death experience that you can get gives you some sort of pleasure in your brain, and it makes sense because I remember the first time we wrote Tower of Terror, and the only time, <laughs> the un- <laughs> never again. I uh like well, it, it, let's it, have
0: a moment of silence for Tower of Terror because they're.
1: Oh, mad bummer, too, right? Like, yeah. that's a legacy thing.
0: It is. Let's. Just okay. You will be missed, Tower of Terror.
1: 100%. Even we though are... you made me almost cry. Oh, man. No, I'm sorry. It was awesome. Uh, but yeah, it was. I remember being on the ride with like a bunch of my friends and just freaking out because you're like getting all the, just like this rush or whatever. But getting off, I remember this like strange euphoria and it's just it's hitting those pleasure Legs centers wobbly. Your brain. Yeah, you're just like, "Oh my goodness, I made it. I made it. I'm alive."
0: Yeah, I mean, they they these uh roller coasters in, you know, in particular are designed to maximize that fear, right? They they're designed to like you said, bring you to the edge of death in the most safe way possible. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah, I know. And it, it's kind of weird that we just get a kick out of that. Right.
0: Yeah, I know it is. Right. And so like think about then another piece of it is like think about that anticipation that you experience as you're going up the hill. Right. You're looking at the McDonald's down the road. You're looking at the parking lot. You're seeing outside. It's just like click, 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 click. click. It's almost like a, um, a countdown to your doom. Right. And it's like, you know, that once you hit that thing, it's
1: literally all downhill from there. <laughs> so, I mean, they even build expectation to you because you expect that you're going to get on a roller coaster and you're going to have that click, click, click. But I remember I'd never been to California Adventures and I got on California Screaming and oh, it man. just like shoots right. Oh, above. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what? There's no build up at all. It's like, oh, we're doing this. OK, let's go. Here we go. <laughs> And I mean, that kind of brings us to the next point. So talking about harnesses and lap bars. So I'm oh, yeah. we want to get into like maybe the ergonomics or why they're built the way they are.
0: Yeah. So these, these are cool. So um, I was thinking about this a lot. So when I went to uh, not Sperry Farm uh, last month. Yeah, it's still last month. Wow. That is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, it feels like forever ago. Uh, yeah, when I was sitting there, I was like, why do some rides have harnesses and why do some have lap bars, right? And I was thinking about this and then I, you know, went and reached, researched it for the show. So, apparently, harnesses are used on more, quote-unquote, violent roller coasters where you're maybe doing corkscrews, unsafe maneuvers that, you know, a, a lap bar couldn't typically hold, like, not... It's less about holding you in and more about stabilizing your head. They don't want to give you whiplash. They don't want, you know, it, it's it's more about keeping
1: your upper body stable uh,
0: because they don't want it flailing all around.
1: Yeah, because you want to keep that neck in a good position, especially if you're flipping upside down and doing really hard turns. Oh, yeah. All that kind of yeah.
0: stuff. Yeah, and then lap bars are kind of used as the bare minimum, right? Like, they're they're just like, well, here you go. Um, Hold on. You know, users, users have more movement, but it also sort of – gives you that sort of sense of fear and excitement because that's literally the only thing that's holding you in.
1: That's true, yeah. Right? There's, there's a couple rides at Disney that are like the, I don't know, they're, they're little roller coasters or whatever. I think one's like Thunder Mountain. But I yeah. can like barely fit in the box with oh, the yeah. lap bar. That's, that's really scary. <laughs> yeah, when like, it freaks me out because yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go flying out of this thing. Or, uh, lap oh, bar, or no.
0: There's one... Um, there's one at Six Flags. I, I think it's like Riddler's Revenge or something, but you it's a stand up coaster. And stand up ones always get me because it's like, what if I accidentally, you know, bend my knees while, when it locks, then I'm like I'm my knees are bent and it's like pushing me down. Oh yeah. And then like I won't have the strength to keep my body up and I'll just slip out the bottom. Or um uh, you know, or like it. I I see this all the time, and I'm like, why are you doing that? But people will jump up and down while it's trying to lock, and, and then it'll that's lock. That's a higher. silly idea. It's, it's just stupid. Like I don't wonder. Maybe they're just trying to elicit more fear. Yeah. Like, wait, 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 and then it's, it's I gone. Need the more then, rush.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> just that's too crazy. Yeah, it's too much. That's too much for me. So, what are some other like additional experiences you have at some of these theme parks that you enjoy?
0: So, when I was at Disneyland most recently, uh, I discovered there was a companion app, Um, and uh, I totally just jumped the gun on our show notes. I skipped over like three of them, but let's talk about companion apps because this one was cool and it kind of feeds into the next one. Cool, but companion apps. So. Disneyland has this app that allows you to keep all of your pictures from the ride sort of in one place, right? So so you you get off the ride and they usually snap the picture of you with a scared face or whatever. You come off the ride, you see a little number in the bottom corner and you just type that number into your phone and the app and then it saves it. Oh, that's cool. And you know, if if you're like a member or whatever, it'll give you the picture for free. If you are not a member, it'll show you the picture with a watermark so you can't use it, whatever. But I thought that was cool because then you just you just look at the number and be like, okay, there it is. I'm gonna save it, and then you can post it on Facebook. You can post it on Twitter, whatever. That is pretty. I thought sick. it was pretty cool.
1: I actually I think I remember using that the last time I was there about a year ago, but it w- it wasn't for that particular purpose. It was more for trying to figure out how long lines were. Yeah, so that was a feature of it too,
0: and it's almost like an interactive map in that sense, right? It'll tell you like where the where you are in the place in the park. It'll also tell you, you know, where the nearest restrooms are, what food you can get nearby, what rides are nearby, how long the wait times are. I thought it was really cool because it it incorporates all these elements that, you
1: know, the park goer needs. It's all about catering to the user needs. Well, it makes it a little easier too, because you're not like carrying around pieces of paper or like, I don't know. I get, Whenever I go, I'm like there for the whole day. So I'm super tired at some point and can't really even think. So if it right. helps me like figure out line times or where to oh, yeah. go next, it's, it's sick.
0: Oh, yeah. So we talked about photos. Let's back it up a little bit. Let's talk about photos here, right? Now, a lot of theme parks will allow you to take photos with like your favorite characters or, you know, it has a lot of photo op- opportunities. Um, and, uh, you know, the interesting thing about photos is that they serve as memory aids.
1: Oh yeah, they can even be like heavy memory
0: influencers. Do you have any pictures of you as a kid at Disney World um right next to Mickey Mouse or somebody else?
1: Oh yeah, I got a good few of them. I'm do
0: sure. you remember that? Oh no. Yeah, no, no, no. but you do now because you see it, right?
1: Yeah, it like implants that memory for you. So
0: let's talk about memory for a sec cuz this is really interesting, right? So memory is malleable, right? So be careful what you take pictures of or else you might remember incorrectly. Especially, and this happens a lot when you're like at a party and you're trying to glorify what the party's like, right? And everyone's just having a good time. It might not be like that, but let's all pose for a picture. You know, it, there's this whole thing when you take sort of uh, sort of pictures, it, it does Im- implement these uh, or implant these um, false memories. And there was an interesting study uh, called Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny invades Disneyland. Oh man! So this is interesting, right? Because oh, this is a
1: Loftus study. I remember yeah. having to gruel over a lot of his papers in grad yeah. school.
0: <laughs> so, so this is this is interesting too, um, because Bugs Bunny is not a Disney IP. Intellectual right? property. Intelli- there you go. Yeah. So, so basically, in this study, they got 120 people and told them that they're going to participate in an, an ad evaluation program. Um, And basically what they did was they, you know, pulled aside people who were attending Disneyland or Disney world. And, uh, you know, the, the people said that they were working for Disney, the, these researchers and they weren't. So they just wanted to find out, you know, if they could toy basically with somebody else's memories. Oh, that's real nice. Yeah. It's real nice of them, right? The psychologists, uh, I know Billy would insert a comment about us being, um, wizards and such. Wizards and, yeah. Messing, you know, mind control now, really? Okay. So I'm, We miss you, Billy. Yeah, we do. Come back. Come back next week. Um, yeah, so, so they were basically divided into four groups, and the way they divided these out was uh, we talked about methods last week a little bit, and I got pretty upset about some of the methods, but I thought these were sound. So basically what they did was they uh, had the first group read an ad about the theme park, no mention of characters at all, right? The second group read the same ad, but in the room with them, there's a four-foot-tall cutout of Bugs Bunny. That's not weird. Nope. In the third group, uh, which the researchers refer to as the Bugs group, had a ad. They, they had them read an ad about Disneyland and Bugs Bunny. All right. Right? Bugs Bunny was at Disneyland. Then... The fourth group was the double whammy. They had the Bugs ad and the stand-up of Bugs in the room, right? So after reading through this ad, which uh, featured a picture of Bugs just outside the Magic Kingdom, which is at Disneyland, Disney World, right? That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney World. Um, so the participants were asked whether or not they had met Bugs on a visit to the theme park and whether they had shaken his hand.
1: Oh, man. So
0: <laughs> here's the funny thing. A third of the participants who had read the phony ad featuring Bugs said they either remembered or knew they had, in, or at least knew that they
1: had indeed met Bugs at Disneyland. Really? I, yeah. I mean, that's just how influenceable your memory can be, which yeah. is just super interesting. Yeah, and I mean, again, Bugs Bunny wouldn't be caught dead at Disneyland. Like, this is—I don't know if he's loud in there. No.
0: <laughs> Mickey's like uh uh-uh, uh uh uh, or sorry. That was my poorly done Mickey Mouse. No, but, I mean, that's astonishing to me. 33% of people, right, just off this simple suggestion, had their memories altered.
1: Well, I mean, it It makes a lot of sense because this is not related completely to this idea, but, I mean, there's, like, the whole problem with eyewitness testimony, which a good cognitive science friend of ours, I do believe she studied a good bit of that in right. grad school. And I mean, I don't know. Memory... Memory is a dangerous thing when you have to recall it, especially if like a lot of time oh, yeah. has passed or if people have been I- talking to you, per- potentially influencing how you're going to feel about it. I mean, oh, you yeah. just like inserted Bugs Bunny into Disneyland. Right. So it's, it's I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. That,
0: yeah. That that eyewitness testimony would be a great episode idea too. Yes, it would. Can we write that down? Let's write that down. It's coming. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. So yeah, we we're talking about pictures. So uh, th- why? Why does this happen? um why are pictures at theme parks you know, why does this happen right so you have uh there are studies also that suggest that you know taking a picture gives our brain sort of this free pass okay i've taken the picture i don't have to remember it. it's that whole knowledge in the world versus knowledge in the head thing that you that you get in human factors and user experience design right it's um you want to design it to where the most information for the user is on the interface in the appropriate manner
1: yeah cuz you want to kind of for lack of a better analogy clear the memory a little bit kind of right. like if you were a CPU you want to give yourself as much space as possible as much RAM
0: yeah, yeah. you want yeah you the, you want the mind to process it as as efficiently as you can and all that extra clutter if you can take a picture of something and remember it that's much more efficient than trying to you know commit it to memory oh yeah so that whole thing influences you know how sort of you misremember these things um so, yeah, uh, that was interesting. What about, uh, what's next?
1: So, this is one of my favorite parts of going to <laughs> This is not one of my parks. favorite parts. No? Oh, no. man. Well, I mean, the fact that you get to get food, I guess. Oh, well. But yeah, I, yeah, it depends. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so food prices always blow me away at parks. But why do you think people oh. even pay that amount of money? Because we all know that they it up really high. Yeah, well, have you ever
0: paid seven dollars for a drink at Disneyland?
1: Oh, you know I have, and it was water too, and even <sighs> a soda.
0: I know. It's the worst. It's the worst. But I mean they trap you. They trap you in the park. Where else are you gonna go?
1: Yeah, you're gonna leave, which is gonna take I mean, however long yeah. to get back to the front, get to your car, leave, and then try and come back. I yeah. don't think so. Yeah, get, get your hand
0: stamped, get to the car, leave, pay for parking again. Yeah, they,
1: they have got you. They might have engineered Joy, but they were also looking to make some serious money off of us. Oh animals. yeah. And in
0: fact, they actually did research on you know the optimal price like how much will people pay for this what's too much yeah what is too much to where we're not making as much money they have found that optimal zone i wish i had stats here on that optimal zone but i think it's like i think it's something like 475 for a, a large soda or for like a, a regular soda
1: just enough to make you mad but not make you not do it yeah exactly it's like hey, well i'm here yeah, I mean, yeah. you kind of just have to accept it at that point because I don't know. You paid all that money to go to Disneyland or whatever park you wanted to go to. You are probably not going to leave till the end of the day,
0: right? Right. I mean, you know, even in most cases, or in some cases where they'll let you into the park with food, which most places won't. Like that's no, don't even, don't even come to our gates. We'll take it. We'll eat it for our lunch. That's that's not that's not yours anymore. Um, but you know, even in even in places that have that, most people don't even plan for that type of thing. Like oh it's, no. It's not something that you think about until you're there, right? It's a what is the term? A captive audience or a captive um captive audience is close. But uh it's it's basically like we got gotcha. you. You you can't do anything else. And I mean
1: there is no escape. Most people
0: just accept it, you know. And and like I said earlier, they've done that research on the pricing and it's just ugh. All right. So,
1: is that it? So, it looks like we've kind of hit the end of it here.
2: Oh, man.
0: That was a short episode.
1: For sure, yeah.
0: Well, if you guys have any sort of theme park stories that you want to share with us, let us know. Uh, We are more than happy to take those and we'll read them on the show. Man, well, wow. It's a little bit shorter of an episode today, but it was a fun one. Oh yeah! Say, you know, I think it's because Billy isn't here. I think if Billy was here, he would have a lot to say about theme parks.
1: I think so, too. I'm kind of a bummer because <laughs> I've only been to one.
0: That's okay. It's okay. What did you guys think, though? Did we miss a theme park uh, concept that you guys want to hear about? Let us know. Um, you know, if you want to be featured on our show, we're all over that social media. Go ahead and comment on our SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, you can send us an email at humanfactorscast at gmail.com with all your questions comments and stories like i said earlier we love hearing your stories and feedback you can also get to the front of the question line by supporting us on our patreon site at patreon.com slash humanfactorscast be sure to like subscribe and review us on itunes google play store soundcloud or your favorite podcast directory we're always trying to keep in touch with you guys our listeners and what you want to hear about on the show so feel free to suggest a way i want to thank mr blake arnsdorf for being my co-host on the show today blake where can our listeners find you
1: it's always good to be here guys you can find me on twitter at ux
0: as always i've been your host nick rome you can find me on linkedin or twitter at nick underscore rome thanks again for tuning in to human factors cast until next time it, it depends, depends.